What are we talking about? Break, draft, trade. Is that really what it's called? Welcome back, the queen. What were like the biggest things? Did anything happen that I need to know about? Did I miss anything? We talked about the Tyreek trade, the Ryan trade, the Watson trade. This has been a trade cast. I am my own boss. Nobody yells at me. Save it for the show. Listen, give it to us. The Legion of Zoom. You have to download it. Wanna get this party started? Ooh, you're a spicy mustard kind of guy, huh? Oh, I love duck sauce. Gross. No. Gross. Who's the quack, me or Papa Bear? <laughs> Break, draft, trade. Oh, I yep. just picked up on that. <laughs> Can you tell it's been a long day? You even pick up on the pun. Do I have to say that? Yeah. Shut up. Okay. With a late round duty dot pick. Yeah. Which makes us look brilliant. Yeah, that's not really exciting. When we're recording, we want to dance that line with Grace. That's not going in the intro. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cut. Which is ridiculous because this is a game. Yeah, I'm just trying to win a fantasy football league. I'm not really trying to have an emotional relationship with these people. He became a verb mid-season last year. He's bad? Wait, oh. But he told you he's back. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Dots connected. A little slow. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta squint. It's so tiny. <laughs> That's what she said. Are you recording? I am recording yes. that. <laughs> so tiny. It's not looking so great. I just minimized you guys. Where are you? Oh, oh there you are. <laughs> I can't help you there. <laughs> I know. You guys are all so tiny. One of those. Get ready for your stellar intro introducing all of us as well. I know. I wrote something down. Be proud of me. Yeah, do you want me to say your name or? waiting for that. <laughs> he's the golden corral. If he's there in the fourth, he might be there in the fifth. Because it's Jalen Hurts. You guys ready? Let's do it. You remember the pattern, right? Run, run, pass, punt. There's a pattern. <laughs> the three amigos? Yes. How about them cowboys? <laughs> Excellent job, Vikings. Now I'm looking at his stats, and while I think Kirk Cousins is kind of gross, like, he's not a terrible fantasy QB. <laughs> That you could probably pick up, like, really cheap. Yeah, he costs about a late first. We'll talk about Minnesota. <laughs> Craig is over there dry heaving. <laughs> he hates for cousins. <laughs> he flies under the radar. I feel like nobody is ever paying attention to him. You could pick up and have gotten really good running backs, like if you're drafting with you guys, you guys, and still got a halfway decent QB, QB, QB. Not only is Kirk Cousins a good fantasy quarterback, but he's a top six quarterback in the NFC. Burn. He barbecues his steaks wrapped in foil. Burn. He is now what Derek Carr was. Derek Carr used to go a lot later. He did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like Derek Carr was like right around like Sam Darnold range, like 10th round. He was. All right. Well, pour it out for Kelmond. I remember Sam Darnold going in like the fifth in our forget like week three draft last week or last year. We gotta look at those because like <laughs> he always he always likes the flavor of the week. He does. <laughs> yeah, she had literally he wanted to get the guy whose name was in the headline the prior week. He absolutely loved Pollard. He loves Pollard's death. We've traded back and forth to Pollard on multiple occasions. Because I had a lot of Pollard. Yeah, because you also love Pollard. <laughs> hey, I like Pollard without disliking Zeke. Right, I like I like Zeke without disliking Pollard. Here's one of my favorites. Forget week three, 2020. Pick 104. Clyde Edwards, still there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast, where we will be filling you in on all the breaking news of this last week and how it affects your fantasy lineup. Don't be like me and panic every time big trades happen in the real world. Instead, stay tuned for our fantasy football experts to give you all of their best advice to help you manage all your ranking, drafting, and trading. I'm your host, Gina Noble, and speaking of our fantasy experts, allow me to introduce them. First, we have the guy who's not just a pro at tuning up your broken down vehicles, but <laughs> tuning up your fantasy rosters. Mike, the fantasy football mechanic. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> that was a good one. Did you like it? Yeah. <laughs> 
I read that at like midnight last night. <laughs> I was long asleep. <laughs> Next up, we have a guy who we might say good things come in five nine packages, <laughs> and it doesn't hurt that he has some fabulous hair. But what's really fabulous is his ability to know every stat imaginable on any player. Our very own king of fantasy, Henry St. Clair. Say hi, Henry. <laughs> well, I'm pretty speechless. It's not every day I get compliments on my hair and my height, so I'll take it in stride. Last but never least, producer, trading mastermind, spreadsheet master, and my very often co-manager on fantasy teams, Mr. Iowa in the NFL, Nick James. The NFL pulled a trade master this offseason because it has been absolutely wild. Ready to talk about who else wins where. You guys love that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into all of the happenings that have gone on this past week. There is a ton of stuff to talk about. So let's start with the Tyreek Hill trade. The Chiefs no longer have Tyreek Hill. He goes off to the Dolphins. I think everybody was a little bit surprised by this one. I know I didn't see it coming. We're leaving probably, arguably, the best quarterback right now in the NFL. Going to the Dolphins. We've got Tua throwing to Tyreek. How are we feeling about this trade? Do we feel like this is going to help value for Tyreek? Are we feeling like this might hurt? I mean, that one definitely threw me off. Like, the news that he was possibly getting traded happened while I was sleeping. And then I know I was at work, and, like, I came into chat, and I'm like, what happened? I have, like, six offers for two right now. <laughs> Bear Claw comes back from hibernation. Yeah. <laughs> so Tyreek got traded. Pretty excited for it. I, I like Tua a lot more than most. And now, I mean, they have the fastest wide receiver duo in the NFL now, is what they say. He's still going to go ahead and put up a good season. Obviously, he doesn't have Mahomes there. People are still really high on Tyreek. I know a lot of, like, the public is higher on him than I am. If you were to go ahead and say 101 or Tyreek, I think a lot of people would say that they would rather have Tyreek Hill, and that's just not the case for me. As far as the Chiefs, really excited for Juju. Obviously, he's not the same type of receiver as Tyreek Hill, but I still think he's going to get a ton of targets there. Definitely have him higher than I did even a week ago go with going to the Chiefs. Who are we thinking as far as the Dolphins go that it could negatively impact in terms of this Tyreek trade? I think Gusecki. I think he's going to get hurt the most. I think Waddle's still going to get his share and I think Tyreek's still going to get his share and I think he's the odd man out there as far as targets. Yeah, as far as Dolphins go, I would imagine it's Devontae Parker that finds himself without a chair when the music stops. Been rumored, traded, trade bait, whatever. Weird to see him leave KC. MVS is the big contract, three years, 30 mil. Juju's was a small money deal, incentive laden. He probably sees more targets. Curious how they're going to use him in the slot. Haven't seen the Chiefs really have a slot receiver. Him and Kelsey are going to run a lot of the similar route concepts where MVS and Hardman are going to look to push it deep. Maybe they add someone else as well. Yeah, Parker got hurt so much I didn't even remember him. <sighs> Rumored to be traded with Tyreek there. They also signed... Taron Armstead? Yeah, the left tackle to protect Tua. They tagged Gasecki. They traded for Tyreek Hill. And I don't know what's going to happen with Parker there, but Tyreek Hill and Waddle sounds pretty cool. And it's obviously with Gasecki being tagged, it's not like they're going to be tagged to bench a guy. So you'd think that they have a, a role for him. And this is after acquiring both Chase Edmonds and Mostert. So they built all these cool things around Tua right now. Uh, Tyreek Hill's 28. So still great. Still for fantasies, boom bust a little bit more than what most wide receivers are, but his booms are so big, it makes him awesome. RIP your Hill Mahomes stacks. You're kind of backed into a corner there now. No Cedric Wilson season. Oh yeah, gosh, they added Cedric Wilson to like a decent money contract as well. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like last year, Devontae Parker, 73 targets, Albert Wilson, 40, Mac Collins, 30. All those guys, I think, you know, Albert and Mac get replaced by Cedric and then Devontae probably by Hill and everything else stays about the same. But hopefully Tua levels up. If not, it'll be rough sledding for Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah. They they put everything around him for him to succeed. And if he doesn't do it, I mean, that's kind of... But people are still really low on him. He could still be a good buy. Could be. There's a, a lot of bad taste in people's mouths that comes with Tua. But the situation has drastically improved. So as long as Tua isn't bad enough to be benched or hurt enough. It's not like he's been healthy either, but yeah. anyway, you slice it. It has to be better for Tua, worse for Tyreek. Draw it as an even for Waddle. So if people 
oh no, they got Tyreek. I need to sell Waddle. That I'm still, I feel basically the same. I think for everybody loses, they gain in offensive power. I really like to, uh, I like to a lot of my uh, Alabama. He was definitely the best quarterback they had over the last five years. Hurts slander. He took the job away from Hurts. He he got Hurts benched in the national championship game, made him transfer, and then Mac Jones was back in Iowa for a couple of years. Tua showed electric arm strength. He was surprisingly mobile in college, but not really in the pros as much uh, with all those ankle injuries adding up. But if he can get back to what made him so special, it was kind of like that improvising Mahomes-Watson type of play behind the line of scrimmage where he's evading pass rushers and launching the ball 60 yards down the field. He could have those off-script plays with Waddle and Hill. He definitely has the, the high-end upside. I'd almost trade Mac Jones for him today. I think a lot of people would have Mac Jones over Tua still, and I think that could be a mistake. Everyone seems to think that Mac Jones is like that much better than he is, but uh, Mac Jones only outscored him by like 50 points last year, and he played like an additional four games. So we're only talking like an additional, a really small amount of points more that Mac Jones scored over the course of the entire season. Mm. And, uh, and there's just like this big gap. There's like a five, six round gap between the two of them of where I've seen them go. Like I'll never take Mac Jones in the second round, but I, but I've seen it now in like three recent startups. It's kind of getting absurd. So Carr got a fancy new weapon. And Tua got a fancy new weapon. Who would you prefer between Carr and Tua? At value, definitely Tua. Because Tua is not jumping up like Carr is right now in ranks. Straight up, I'd take Tua over Carr because he's younger. He has shown potentially a higher ceiling, albeit Carr had a very good season in the NFL, whereas Tua is relatively unproven. But they've just added so much for Tua, and it feels like it's up or out with a new offensive mind there at head coach with Mike McDaniel, new left tackle, new wide receiver. Hopefully it's the beginning of a franchise quarterback. I mean, they kind of did over there what I would have hoped they did for Daniel Jones as early as last year, and they kind of just put all of these big pieces together for him. I'm really excited to watch them. They tried, but Kenny Galladay, yeah. knock on wood, maybe Tyree Kill is the Kenny Galladay for Tua Tungabailoa. <laughs> I can't have them in the same sentence. Sorry. You can't until this next year. <laughs> when Tyreek Hill is over it. Over the hill, yeah. Could be. So how are we feeling the Chiefs are going to fare without Tyreek Hill going into this season? No Tyreek Hill. That leaves Cole Hardman, who was drafted while Tyreek Hill was having his various legal matters going on, viewed as the replacement. While it hasn't necessarily materialized to date, uh, now he's looking around an empty room like Will Smith and wondering who's going to be there. Well, one of those answers has arrived already, and that's Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who was signed. Do you know what the contract was, Noble? Uh, he signed a three-year deal. Worth $30 million. A three-year deal. And this is after also acquiring Juju and letting go of a couple guys as well. And we may look brilliant for drafting him in our current situation in draft late rounds. We actually were on the clock with Miko Hardman on the board and got multiple offers trying to trade up to get Miko Hardman, I'm guessing, was the other one. Mm-hmm. But we ended up taking one of them and moving back. Uh, with that, we picked up Lazard, who did not get MVS to sign back with the Packers. So as of right now, it's just Lazard. Who is on a tender, I believe. His second tender in a row. A two-piece chicken tender. And <laughs> and currently wide receiver one in Green Bay. Uh, yeah, so uh, we picked up him, and then we picked up Darnold after the turn, and then we picked up MVS. Uh, at that point, he was visiting the Chiefs, and after right after trading Tyreek, a lot of the free agents have signed or been tagged at this point. So it's kind of dwindling what is out there to be signed, but MVS to the Chiefs. Good deal. So we were talking today. MVS or Hardman? Who would you prefer? Henry? I'll take MVS because of the contract. Uh, Three years, 30 mil. Two years, 20 mil, fully guaranteed. I think that they play very similar roles for KC. You could almost see them run crossing patterns across the field into each other and go past each other and try to get safety swaps messed up and everything like that. They're both probably going to see somewhere between 60 and 80 targets, and it's a question of did they catch a 70-yard touchdown this week? Because if so, you're thrilled that you played them. If not, you're probably mad that you played them. Last year, Pringle and Demarcus Robinson both departed in free agency this year. They accounted for 101 targets between the two of them. I would expect all 101 of those to go to Juju Smith-Schuster. And the 159 targets from Tyreek Hill and 83 from Mecole, those can get split up between 
Miko and MVS because they play the Tyreek and Hardman roles. So to me, the same old, same old Chiefs offense, just with different pieces, I would imagine. They're not going to reinvent the wheel that they've been doing. So neither MVS nor Miko is the new Tyreek role. They're more the Pringle and Demarcus Robinson role. They're going to break the Tyreek role up into a couple of different spots rather than try to replace him with one player. That just means a lot of guys that you start the wrong week or you don't start the wrong week and kind of end up sitting on your bench killing your max PF. Does this news make you guys any higher on Josh Gordon? Absolutely not. <laughs> not as high as he is on himself. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> I was like, oh, Iowa is baiting this. I'm getting higher with Josh Gordon. Yes. <laughs> I am very high on Josh Gordon. I actually love Josh Gordon. Like, when I first started playing fantasy football, he was with Cleveland. And he won you a, mm. a few games. He was a beast. Like, I do, and I have a really soft spot. Like, I want Josh Gordon to succeed. I really do. I'm just that girl who wants those guys with those issues to pull out and and succeed. <laughs> Shut <Yeah>. up! <laughs> Definitely pull out. <laughs> oh, God. As soon as I said it. Oh, well. <laughs> Papa had to get up and leave. Like, Papa's left. He's left the show. That was enough for Mike. Mike He's has come now. a long way. Like I feel like Mike was like the one who was more reserved, and now he's laughing at the jokes first. He's like, I gotta get out for a second. Yeah, Josh Gordon is in that same vein of players that have been out of the league for seven years, and it's like, dude, it's been seven years. Like, there's so many twenty-two-year-old college kids that are very talented at football that could all deserve a chance that want it a lot more than josh gordon wants it who have been playing for the last several years and have been playing and possibly still learning football and getting better i just want to know the definition of indefinitely the definition of indefinite is without a set timeline <laughs> so it could be a five minutes it could be the definition of indefinite is it is lacking a definition of time <laughs> it's not definite it's not definite i just feel like when you hear that it's forever and then it's not forever because it's like and he's back in the news but this is forever <laughs> Iowa. Carson Wentz. Wentz is out indefinitely. Back week one. It's like Wentz is retiring. <laughs> Wentz is Wentz's career is over. That was seriously some people's reactions. That was actually what some both his ankles are sprained on a new deal. What's going on? And a new team. Mm -hmm. What's he gonna come back week eight? Yep. Oh, he tanked so hard in startups then. He did. It was wonderful. That was wonderful. Another blockbuster trade that I think they tried to trick us with because what I had seen was that the Browns were out, and then all of a sudden, I think we all thought Watson was going to Atlanta only to find out that Cleveland comes in with the trade for Watson. So Watson goes to Cleveland, which now there's a big question mark as far as Baker Mayfield is concerned. But if there's no further suspensions for Watson, uh, we're all pretty excited probably for those of us who've had Watson sitting on our bench for a while to see him finally get back on the field. So I think this is going to be a good thing for Cleveland. What do you guys think? Wonderful for Cleveland especially if you're someone who bought low on Amari Cooper when he got traded out of Dallas to Cleveland. If you got him for like a second, a late second, early third round pick because he was going to Baker Mayfield, you did great. The other wide receivers kind of get a little blurry there. Donovan Peoples-Jones, maybe. Well, they really can't draft anybody, you know, too high. They don't have any picks left. And Joku, definitely up. Jakeem Grant. <laughs> he signed a sizable contract. It was like three years, 12 million or something. I mean, that's not huge money, but he will be in town, so. If only he were sizable. Yeah, if only he were huge. He's a little... 5'9"? No, he's a little 5'6". 5'6", six, five, six. Six, uh, punt returning speedster. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a return specialist. He was paired with Mahomes in college. They were special in college together, Grant and Mahomes were. And Watson doesn't quite have Mahomes-level arm talent, but he threw for 4,800 yards last time he was in the league. And now he's hopefully back in the league sometime this year uh suspension potentially pending but could be good for any targets involved i mean i'm definitely a if i'm acquiring any watson in any leagues i'm definitely assuming that we're looking at a six week plus suspension yeah it seems that way the assumption that there's no suspension seems like a pretty big assumption at this point if i'm wanting to put money on the line i'm not gonna bank that that's gonna be it unless i can take that risk at a really good 
good value. It's been notated that I'm a little lower on Watson than than others, and a lot of that is just because if he suspended six games and he comes out and he's not quite as hot as you know the Watson of old, right off the bat, brand new team, new everything, had hasn't played football for over a year. What is his value for you? Just looking at this coming season, a quarterback he started probably didn't do as well, maybe did adequate, and it was for half the season if he's suspended. What is that worth? Well, like what was Heineke was worth last year. But then obviously after that, then it's he's still 27 and a half years old. And then you get Watson going forward. And it's likely going to be much like what it used to be, if not still a good enough version to be valued pretty highly. How you view Watson is determined by how much weight you put into this coming season and then how much weight you put into the risk that comes with this coming season. Uh, I know Iowa and I disagree on this Personally, I think Watson plays more this season than Trey Lance. We will see whether that comes to fruition or not. They both seem to have some uncertainty to me. Yeah, we were debating Watson and Trey Lance. I was like, well, Trey Lance played more than Watson last year, so. (laughs) They almost had the same amount of yards. And this is honestly a really good debate because the allure of Watson is that he's proved it he could be a good passer in the NFL and he offers the rushing upside that is the best kind of rushing upside design runs and the ability to throw the ball like it's exactly ideally what you're looking for that's what Trey Lance is drafted with the expectation that he could be so him at 22 is five years what what if you could would you rather have Watson at 26 and a half or would you rather have Watson at 22 years old if that's what Lance ends up being so that's the upside of Lance now the downside of Lance is that he just busts <laughs> right would you rather have Lance or Robert Griffin the <laughs> third the downside of Watson is that he busts for the 2022 season and then probably bust is pretty much out of the question at that point especially with all the guaranteed money that he has going forward for such a long time it's like four years yeah so you know Watson is good after this season it's just this coming season and how much that matters to you how much he's there and how good he is during it that determines how much you wait what you value Watson at in March and then it's a question of how much we wait on Lance as well for me mm-hmm. I mean I definitely got to go if I if it's between Watson and Lance I definitely got to be going Watson every season he played he was quarterback five even with that atrocious 2020 Texans team that, that team was awful still put up huge numbers and just his average season as a starter is like the absolute upside we could hope for Lance yeah he may be 22 you may get five more years out of it but you you already have the sure thing and he's not very old he's on a better team than he was the last time he played even though it's the Browns I know it sounds crazy but I mean they they have Chubb Hunt they got Amari Cooper and Joku that's better great offensive line Better than anything the Texans had. The Browns have a very run-heavy game. Do you feel like this is going to change that at all? Having a better quarterback there with a better arm, do you feel like they're going to pull back on that run game a little bit with a more capable quarterback? I mean, you think? I mean, they do have a really run-heavy game, but really, it's uh, they also have a really pass-heavy game. It's just last year Baker wasn't doing it or hitting his targets or making the throws. I mean, they were still running the ball the same as always, but it seems like they run the ball up because they also had Hunt catching a lot of passes. But they do throw a decent amount for the team. It's just they weren't getting completions or moving the ball downfield that way. So we're not worried so much about any of the running back value. It's more of a boost for the wide receivers. I mean, you should absolutely be worried about the running back value in Cleveland. They're both getting old. They're getting to that 27-year-old range where they're going to kind of fall off a cliff. Oh, boy, that's when Nick gets uh, old balls there. Mm. No musty ones, for sure. <laughs> Brown's head coach was the the offensive coordinator for the Vikings mm-hmm. and Kirk Cousins with Cook and Madison. Cousins was putting up 4,000 yards and 35 touchdowns. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Watson is a better NFL quarterback than Kirk Cousins. So running a similar offense with better pieces, potentially, than they even had in Minnesota at that point. They didn't have Jefferson. It was Thielen and Diggs. And, you know, maybe Amari Cooper's not as good as Diggs, but they've got a better tight end situation, a better offensive line. I think Watson's going to be just fine there. 
As long as it is Watson. Because if he's suspended and then it's... Brissett or Mayfield. It might not be quite as cool right off the bat. But as far as Chubb, I'm pretty sure they extended him last season during the season. Hunt could be cut for zero dead cap. I wouldn't be surprised if that potentially happens considering they already tendered Dearness Johnson, how we talked about last time. But even if Watson doesn't play for some of this season, I wonder if it could even be you get halfway through the season and then he gets suspended. That would be horrible. So it's just like with all these like possibilities as far as when things are going to happen, like what if he gets to play this whole year and then he's suspended in 2023? With the what ifs, it's not so much, I don't want to buy into more of it. I'm willing to sell if there's, if it's not taken account for. It's not something I can just confidently tout at this point. Though each of you made extremely valid points as far as what Watson's value could be based on what we saw in 2020. We saw about as much of uh, Watson last year as we did see of Lance. Lance actually played at Yeah, least. a little bit. Watson, we probably saw more on TV, though. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But Watson's got him by like... 13 games in the last three years total. <laughs> Lance hasn't played a ton of football the last like two plus years. Watson, it's only been a year off. Which brings up a, an interesting point. Any concern that Watson's been sitting for a year? I mean, I'm sure he's keeping in shape and whatnot, but is there any concern there about him missing out on an entire year of football? I mean, he's got a lot going on in his personal life. Does that play into his game? I think any narratives with that as the meaning don't hold much water but what you could argue is that with rushing qbs once they crest 30 their value typically drops off like when cam newton went from a top 10 quarterback to not much at all granted bunch of different things here watson's better quarterback whatever but a quarterback where a lot of their value is based on rushing fell off at that point not that watson necessarily would but the fact that the rushing aspect that makes watson and so cool if it's something where they reel it in a little bit and he doesn't offer quite as much on the ground then it's a decent quarterback who runs some who can run rather than will run like the difference between like Dak and Watson we're another year closer to that so I can see arguments that Watson becomes good but not quite that amazing elite tier that pushed him into the top five year after year as you said number five not top five there you go <laughs> It is an interesting note you talk about quarterbacks over the age of 30. Russell Wilson at age 31 and a half had more rushing yards than Deshaun Watson in 2020. I think Watson's more in that Russell Wilson category of can extend his rushing upside because it's not like direct snap to the quarterback QB power. It's like mm -hmm. rolls out of the pocket, no one's open, evades a defensive end, and then runs off the right tackle five, ten seconds into a play, and their man-to-man coverage, everyone has their back turned, takes off. Uh, we saw that, what was it, his first ever game was a Thursday night football against the Bengals. It was the only touchdown they scored that game was Watson on like a 60-yard run. It's always been something that he's able to do. Question how long it'll last for. Who knows? I question how long Davis Mills is going to last for. Feels a lot like... Gardner Minshew in the 2020 season where he had that surprisingly good rookie year and then it's like starts going bad gets benched midseason for Jake Luton and Mike Glennon and then they draft the number one overall quarterback the next year that could be Mills as the lame duck starter this year could be but it's a little different of a situation I mean he was their first draft selection this, this past draft the coach actually did commit to him this offseason I mean I know a coach isn't going to say yeah you know I'm not really sure about Davis you know going into next year they're not really going to say that but he did you know formally commit to him as the starting quarterback and we'll really see how the draft goes if they start to build around him and you know see how he does the russell wilson comparison to watson when we talked about it previously i found that to be interesting because kind of like dak russell wilson's first look a play is probably not drawn up for him to be a run as the first option on the play whereas with watson he has had more of those i do like the comparison that both of them are good passers as well they're not just rushing qbs who can pass if you have to like uh someone we don't have to talk about because it hurts <laughs> i think that could cater to a greater longevity and russell wilson still has been fine with being able to be a good passer with just some of the rushing on the ground but deshaun watson being something where more of his elite value 
came from running on the ground. It's not like we were taking Russell Wilson as a top five, six, seven QB here now in his 30s. I'm not worried about his shape. I'm only worried about how many more years of high upside rushing addition to a stat line he has left. And it's just one year closer to whatever the deadline is. After one season off, are we worried about Watson's shape? No. Um, Henry touched on Davis Mills. Davis Mills right now, QB1 uh, for the Texans. Do you guys think he's going to stay QB1? Do you think it's possible they could try to draft a rookie QB? I mean, there's certainly, they have the draft spot to do it. And they do have, a, you know, the sleeper Jeff Driscoll on the roster. <laughs> he did look pretty good. He did look pretty good in parts of last year. And like I did say before, again, he was their first draft choice in the 2021 draft. They have a lot of holes on that team. I'm curious who the backup is when it all boils out at quarterback. That's all I had to say. You can continue. Then said Tim Boyle. Was that? I was like, was that a pun? Because I'm thinking that was supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know. Davis Mills, I had him chalked up as a run-of-the-mills QB, and he looked a little better than that last season. If they don't get a great value out of QB that they like, I wouldn't be surprised that they roll with Mills. They had an opportunity to take, like Baker Mayfield, and they didn't when they traded Watson. So at least they probably view Mills over Baker as far as internally at the very least, or they're just committed to him because they spent, what, the top of the third round pick on him. But that exactly, the third round pick is not like drafting a QB in the first round. There's only so much level of commitment to that. So there is a risk to an extent that Mills will not be the starter week one or by the end of the season if they draft a a rookie. But a lot of the free agents have signed and Mills is still left standing. So I say his odds of being a week one starter are greater than they were pre-free agency. You've got Rex Burkhead as your running back one. I'm thinking maybe keep Mills as your QB and use up some of your draft capital to start replacing some of these older. I mean, Rex Burkhead's 31 years old. They could sign Melvin Gordon today if they really wanted to roll with an old running back. Yeah, I I don't think they're uh, really ready to fix the running back position on that team yet. They're kind of in rough shape. Yeah, they need a lot of spots. Yeah, they signed back Royce Freeman after Burkhead was like back last season henry brought it up as far as that the texans would be an interesting landing spot for an rb yeah it definitely seems like they could go the route of the giants when uh 2018 when they took barkley high obviously i'm not saying the texans take a running back at two <laughs> they have a later first round pick maybe someone sneaks in there maybe in the second but definitely a team where you get a rookie running back in place there. Running back's value is always on the rookie contracts. And then maybe take a quarterback late that you like here. If you don't like one, just tank a year and just save that running back. Bring in a veteran late. Save the running back like the Broncos did with Javante. And then get a quarterback in place maybe next year like the Broncos did. You know, copy exactly what the Broncos did with Javante. Take a decent running back. Wait a year on quarterback. Kick your veteran out. Boom. Now you've got the quarterback and the running back taken care of. Uh, Mills, yeah, again, I think it could be a lame duck season for him where he's the quarterback for a tanking team. Like the Jaguars tanked for Trevor Lawrence, pretty openly tanked for Trevor Lawrence. It's kind of crazy that I haven't like really seen anything about any free agent or any like player they're looking at like tied to the Texans at all. I listened to an interview uh, with Nick Casario, Texans GM, and for one... My takeaway was I actually really liked the guy a lot more than I thought I was going to. When he was hired last offseason, it was much maligned because Watson was supposed to have a say in who the GM was, and then it was he didn't like Casario, and then it was all these negative things about Casario. He seems like a, a dude with a level head on his shoulders, and he was talking about the quarterback position, and it was, you know, Davis showed us a lot of things. He was a consummate professional. He was a leader in the locker room, and he surprised us with his ability. You know, they weren't expecting him to look like a potential answer at quarterback. Sounded like they were going to have an open mind at offseason competition, but you bring it up, they haven't brought in competition for the offseason. There's still a couple names out there at quarterback. Maybe they bring back Fitzpatrick or something bizarre. That just seems like the wrong direction for that type of team. Seems like very the wrong direction, but if they wanted to roll with Fitzpatrick and Burkhead, <laughs> good. Hey, if I'm Lovey Smith, I'm trying to win games. First year head coach. I and mean, seriously, I don't care if the ownership's trying to tank. I'm trying to win games. This is his second shot at head coach, was coach of the Bears, was defensive coordinator for the Bucks for a while, I think. Just depends how much they're willing to pay him to tank. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
don't want another Brian Flores situation. <laughs> but yeah, Lovey Smith, he's he's got too much pride to tank. Like Flores had too much pride to tank as well. I mean, good for him. You know, either way. I mean, but what choice do you have when you have Rex Burkhead as your running back and you got to win games? Burkhead, goat. <laughs> Burkhead was surprisingly good last year, I want to say. I mean, there's a reason to get extended. Were teams even playing when he was on the field? They didn't bring any bring in anyone no uh, at wide receiver either. So with Cook still there, Nico Collins season maybe? Well, still Cook season. He's just good every year and everybody just discounts him and says he's a concussion away from retirement. And then what does he do? He puts up wide receiver two season. <laughs> I had almost forgotten about the concussions. We've distanced ourselves from that narrative so far. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're almost there. No, it's still there. <laughs> the concussions are no longer in discussions. Yeah, <laughs> we forgot them. <laughs> He forgot about him. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> that's probably good on the Texans, right? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's way too long on the Texans. I wouldn't dare talk about a Goomba Walla. Yeah. Three fantasy relevant players plus yeah. Revan Jordan. I think I've added Dare and dropped Dare more times than I can count because I'm like, it's going to be him. It's not him. It's going to be him. He was good at the end of last year for the Jags. It's never him, but he does have a cool name he does have a great name that was one of my favorites when iowa and i started drafting i was like who's this guy dare and he's like it's actually dare because he gives me he gives me all the phonetic spelling and i'm like oh thank you all right more big news let's move into the colts the colts acquire matt ryan odell beckham jr actually quoted the other day on twitter i think matt ryan to the colts will be fire emoji I think he will elevate to something special. How are we feeling about Matt Ryan to the Colts? I, for one, am grateful the Colts have a QB here, but how do we think Matt Ryan's going to do over there? Same as Matt Ryan does, throw a lot of yards, be 38 years old. I think expectations for Matt Ryan have to be better on the Colts than they were about to be on the Falcons. Yeah, he had absolutely nobody to throw to on the Falcons. They were out of wide receivers. Mm -hmm. I'd be willing to bet on it if it wouldn't suspend me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Colts are basically just the Falcons, and instead of having pits, they got pit men, and they have a running back. So it's not really that much better of a situation. Paris Campbell. <laughs> yeah. We drafted him today. Yeah, terrible pick, by the way. <laughs> I, I like your draft outside of that. Good value on Juju, MVS, everything. Good draft. Terrible pick. <laughs> Listen, I was in the middle of my work day. I was like, I came up for air for one second. I checked the draft and I was like, crap, it is on us. I go to Iowa and he gives me a whole list of people and I pick somebody that isn't on the list. <laughs> I go back and I was like, I'm sorry, please don't blame me for anything that just took place. I don't even know what day it is right now. Anyway, apologize, Iowa. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we did have a discussion about Paris Campbell. Iowa like oddly likes him more than I do now and I used to like him after last year that's kind of where I cut you know drew the line was like you know that was your third year of getting hurt and not being excellent <laughs> when Zach Pascal and Ashton Doolin are your only other competition and you just can't stay healthy ever it's like man he's more Jalen Rager than he is Brashad Perriman yeah but uh, Jalen Rager, Rager is just flat out bad it's not even the injuries with him he's just awful and Campbell Listen. I mean he might be awful too but Rager had an injury though at the point when you're drafting in the mid 200s or early mid 200s <laughs> you are taking straws with people who might be worth a little bit more than they are today with Matt Ryan going Going to the Colts and wherever the other quarterback went, it's a possibility. They let Pascal go. He went to the Eagles. We've said it before. He's probably dueling it out with Ashton Doolin. But if Devontae Parker's story is real, then, you know, maybe eventually for Paris Campbell, he might have to wait one more year. But well, Parker was a first-round pick, I think. 
Nothing to do with capital, just to do with patiently waiting for a long time for a breakout. <laughs> we can be waiting. Listen, I might look brilliant with that pick. We, we never know. We're picking at straws at that point. There you go. Maybe he's uh, Cordero Patterson. He's our Gaskin of the year. <laughs> you could have picked a straw in that pile of straws and taken a third there. Well, you know, okay. So we actually talked about Moelle Cox, who maybe was the guy I should have gone with since we only have Kittle so far. But you don't have to talk about people still on the board <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make it back to you <laughs> oh, oh, oh right right oh, they'll, they'll be they'll be off the board before this is you know released so <laughs> yeah. we're good <laughs> well he is on our he is on our show sheet so i technically do get to talk about him gigantor gigantor moally cox now tight end one are we are we looking to maybe i know i always liked mo alley a little bit in the past how, how do we think he's gonna be our tight end one there or? he's a big dude big blocking tight really? end who catches touchdowns big dude aren't all tight ends big dudes no, no not like mo alley no. cox he's like six six three hundred pounds he's like two left tackles that is a big dude it's probably closer to like six six two eighty five but like yeah Realistically, his listed weight and his playing weight, he's way bigger. I was cracking up, though, because the DA that um, signed off on not indicting Watson today, his name is Tom Selleck, spelled just like the actor. And so that's trending on Twitter <laughs> currently that Watson got out of it because it's Tom Selleck, the actor, was the DA. Oh, my God. <laughs> the sad thing is there's probably people who actually... Think that it's Tom Selleck. Yes. They're like, how did Tom Selleck become the DA of this random county? Since when did Tom Selleck have authority? I think when you're late in a draft, you're mining the depth charts, especially at this point in the season, saying what guy could possibly avoid NFL draft destroying his value, or what guy, if the chips fell right, could be worth more than he is right there. I think after Pittman, we talked about it on the previous podcast to an extent there, but after Pittman and JT, it's like, who else is going to have yards and touchdowns? It has to be someone, right? Right. So maybe they draft someone like we said there, but if they don't, then I mean, maybe Naheem Hines, maybe Paris Campbell, maybe Ashton Doolin, if they just happen to not take any anyone of consequence in the NFL draft. So at least they have a story where I could say, all right, that's at least possible scenario where they could potentially be worth more than they are right now. And it's not like Paris Campbell is a 27-year-old wide receiver. But his body is. Body's probably at least 30. I mean, so the Colts had, like, some of the most cap room available, even with Wentz's contract. And you sub that in for Ryan, it's probably a little more, but... It's still, they have a lot of cap room. If you made me guess today, reuniting with Julio, OBJ's obviously lobbying to get paid by the Colts there, Jarvis, and just what the GM was saying about Paris Campbell, it was like, his interview about him was like, yeah, we still like Paris, but like, you know, we think he can be a really good three or four for us this year. They were like, you know, maybe. It's just hard to keep giving the guy so many chances. It did not sound like a ringing endorsement to me. You guys can slam my Amari Rodgers pick if you want. I think the Packers are much less likely to add someone in free agency, maybe more likely in the draft now that they have extra picks. Certainly interesting, though. I don't. There's a world where Campbell had talent and made Haskins look good at Ohio State. When you're already past 240 players deep, I mean, you're picking at depth charts. You're trying to find somebody that, in the right situation, might get an opportunity to do something. If they were in an opportunity to do something and get something in that spot, they wouldn't be there this late. Mm -hmm. So, you're, you know, at this point, you're just making your best guesses on who you think could possibly score some points. I think it was a great pick. <laughs> <laughs> Amari Rogers was on the list. How we basically played it there is here's a list of players. Mm. Choose whoever you like there. And I really had no problem with Paris Campbell considering all the options there all have glaring problems. It's just which problem flavor do you like? It's like choosing your alcohol. You pick your poison in that round. They're all poison. Mm -hmm. I think Rigger and Hamler have been at it less long and have you know potentially Rager higher in a depth chart more draft capital and then Hamler obviously better quarterback Rager though he did have that UCL tear and that's the uh it was like he tore his pinky and he had to miss like six weeks and then came back and had some drop problems because his hands didn't feel right don't know if that's any reason why he sucked his entire career or if it's been the quarterback changing I mean catching passes from Jalen Hurts you know how good can you really be but I'm just kidding Devonta Smith looked great so 
Yeah, who knows? So, uh, speaking of poison, uh, should we move on to the Falcons? Do we have to? (laughs) We have to. We can make this one short and sweet. Oh, yeah. So, in Atlanta, we've got Alameda Zacchaeus, who the Falcons tendered. We've got former Chief Damian Williams signs a one-year deal, and Cordero Patterson signs a two-year deal. But the big news coming out of Atlanta, Matt Ryan obviously traded away and they went out and got Marcus Mariota. 28-year-old Marcus was a former number two overall pick, now got a starting role in Atlanta. So for this week's Dalton QB1 segment, we have Marcus Mariota. Yes. Yep, that's exactly how I'd phrase it as well. Uh, You think Davis Mills is a lame duck? It's like, let me present you Marcus Mariota. The dead duck. The dead duck. Yeah, looking here on StreamYard, we got the duck that's very much alive at the top right will not be Marcus Mariota. He throws a lot of dead ducks too, which is great because he has no receivers. Hmm. He was an Oregon duck. He also was an Oregon duck. You guys are quacking me up. How many duck jokes can we make? I don't know. They're all foul. (laughs) So many ducks in a row and you get a goose. Yep. Sounds like a Mariota box score. Well, let's just hope he doesn't drop an egg. Yeah, I, I would look at the Falcons to definitely draft a quarterback either this year or the next. Mariota, it's got a significant out after one year, it looks like. Not a ton of guaranteed money. Uh, not a ton that's not super incentive-laden. It's, a lot of it is how many games he starts. Very similar to the Terod Taylor deal, the Bridgewater deal. Kind of like weird backup money, like the Trubisky deal, where it's like it elevates if he's the starter, but if not, he doesn't really get paid a lot. Insurance, if they don't get their guy in the draft... Resigned Cordero Patterson, which was looking good until they traded away Ryan. So who knows how he's used with Marcus Mariota. Cordero Patterson obviously started out really strong, fell off a little at the end, but the unique situation with him is he goes in as a running back or a wide receiver. So he was a really flexible play. If you ended up with him by some miracle, you had drafted him late in some draft, he fit into leagues really nicely. I wish he would have played out all the way through, but having that flex in him was pretty uh, advantageous there for quite a bit of the season. I mean, a little bit. It's more so that he had the running back designation because you already have a ton of wide receivers and your flex spots are already a flex spot. So it was really just having the running back. Well, in the case that you didn't set your lineup, you know, moving flex positions out, it could end up pretty helpful. Yeah. Versatility and then some leagues might reward running backs or wide receivers differently. So you have the various potentials there or ones without flex and rigid starters. You had the flexibility there so definitely the dual designation makes him pretty sweet and the fact that finished as what an rb1 last year yeah 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 he was rb number nine what happens if you have a running back premium and a wide receiver premium (laughs) it's where you played him i guess i don't know that's an interesting question like does he get both does he get the better of them does i'm sure many arguments were had over that in a lot of leagues (laughs) probably the tight end wide receivers got tight end premium like tanya when they switched him last year without telling anyone they were going to do it and totally ruined my plans in a lot of places, yeah. which didn't turn out to be great plans to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cordero Patterson, he was a former first-round pick by the Vikings many, many, many moons ago and was many. always a return specialist. I got very fortunate in a in a league where I took like six or seven quarterbacks in a row because eventually it just became comical and we didn't really care much for the people we were in that league with. Papa and I didn't, but uh took like, you know, Watson, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Dak, and someone else. And I, I had great quarterbacks, and they're all still great assets to have. My wide receiver, two wound up being like Cordero Patterson. And I took him in like the 21st round because it was a return premium league, and he was a returner. And then I took him, and you know, he was amazing this year and question if he can repeat it with a different quarterback but they don't have a lot of other weapons there with the ridley suspension no it's i mean overall the whole team it's not very exciting i mean you have pets obviously probably dynasty tight end one for a lot of people he's even better than he was last year because he scored no touchdowns last year so probably even better than his stats even looked and he already had a great season as far as wide receiver nothing very exciting there running back again i'm not even sure why they signed damian williams it's not like they have a roster where they really need to let's establish the run and maybe we can get there i just don't see them getting there 
The one positive I see with Mariota is maybe they're setting themselves up with a rushing quarterback so they have a good backup. Maybe they get Malik. That's like probably the best thing about them for me right now. Yep, and that's the Andy Dalton QB1 segment is, you know, it was might have been Trubisky previously where he <laughs> might end up in the long run being the backup to some rookie that gets drafted. And it's same deal for Marcus Mariota. If you had to roster one right now, who would you prefer, Marcus Mariota or Trubisky? The second round pick you can send him for right now. I'll take Trubisky. They both were number two overall picks, which that was interesting. There was a week where it was like Mariota, Trubisky, and Wentz, all second overall picks on like their third team. But yeah, I think Trubisky being younger and oddly he has similar, if not almost better, rushing upside than Mariota, which sounds bizarre to say, but you look back at it and it was he was rivaling Cam Newton for second most rushing yards as a quarterback a couple of years ago in the Bears. Uh, I think he has more of a clear path to being the starter for the Steelers just that they already have three quarterbacks on the roster and Mariota's sitting there all alone waiting for a rookie and they have a higher draft pick. But like Papa said there, I don't think either is a long-term solution and neither is guaranteed to walk in there as the starter week one. It's been a while since I've seen Trubisky run, but just last year they were drawing up specific designed run plays for Marcus Mariota. So you know from small samples last year that that potential is still there. Also kind of died week one. Even with that said, I'd rather bank on Trubisky just because who he gets to throw to. He gets Claypool and Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris on a a roster that's not that shabby. I would probably prefer Trubisky, but if I really got the choose, it'd probably be like Mike, whichever one my league mates value more because I'm trading him. Yeah, if you have to start, if you have any of those guys in your plans at your quarterback position going into the year, not looking great. Well, we are out of time for this week's podcast. We talked about the Tyreek trade, the Ryan trade, the Watson trade, the effects on their teams and these landing spots. Tune in next week. We will talk about all the other goings-on through the week. There's stuff dropping all the time. Mike, let them know where they can find you. At Rudy's Bar and Grill about 6 p.m. on Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> Underscore Papa Bear Claw on Twitter. With the little at sign at the beginning. Classic. Claire, let them know where they can find you. At ClaireVoinceFF on Twitter. I can't help but call him Claire, by the way. Like, I, you go for, I can't. I'm like, crap, it's actually Henry, and most people probably have no idea why I'm calling him Claire. <laughs> nope, he is Claire. I know. Well, it's like, you're Papa. Yeah. Yeah, they think this is a podcast with Mike and his two sons and daughter. like the the girl hostess but it's the guy that responds to claire talking (laughs) (laughs) like don't worry we're all confused nick where can they find you probably in front of the mac editing podcasts into infinity but also at i win the nfl on twitter and you can find me at noble g underscore ff on twitter thank you as always for listening to the rank draft trade podcast we do hope we've helped make all of your fantasy dreams come true. That's an only friends thing. <laughs> I know. On only friends. On only friends. Perfect.